As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Late night Midnight on the interstate And I didn't feel so great Until I saw the city Welcome back to the season debut of Straight from the Source. Michael Russo comes to you from... Twin Cities, and happy to be joined by new, my new colleague here in the Twin Cities, uh, Joe Smith. Joe Smith uh, in town for about three days looking for uh, a home, and uh, now you're in the midst of trying to change your flight to go back to Florida early because you got a hurricane coming down there. Yeah, nothing like a good little bit of stress to start the season, right? I thought just a little cross-country life-changing move would be enough for it, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, checked out the Twin Cities with my wife, Caitlin, the last couple of days and trying to find an apartment for the first year, and then... This uh, Hurricane Ian, I think it is, is going to crumble through. And so you're like, you know, protect the one old house before we get a new one. It's going to be, uh, hopefully it'll be, hopefully it'll be okay for everybody involved uh, down south. Yeah, I, uh, I still remember uh, it was late August uh, uh, 2005. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, I came up here, interviewed for the job at the Star Tribune. I'm flying home through Dallas. Uh, my connection to Fort Lauderdale mm-hmm. was canceled because mm-hmm. Hurricane Katrina was coming over. Florida, I had to yeah. call the Star Tribune and see if they'd yeah. put me up in a hotel in Dallas. That's when they offered me the job. Mm-hmm. Next day, I flew to Orlando, rented a car, drove down to Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, here you are dealing with the same thing. I also remember that first year in Minnesota, that first like month of the season, uh, Palm Beach County got hit by a couple of hurricanes. And I actually had to go down there to deal with some damage on my mm-hmm. condo down there. So I know what you're going through. And and now you're actually trying to beat the storm to go down there yeah. and not stay away from it. Yeah, it's a hard decision to make. You know, you think you you know, want to avoid the storm, but you're also, you know, have a lot of things back back home that you you want to protect your house. Let's say if I want to sell my house, I don't want it to get ravaged by a storm or water damage and like that if I want to do that. So uh, we're in the highest point in Pinellas County, which I think is 50 feet above speed level. It shows you how flat Florida <laughs> is. Um, so we're hoping we can maybe board our house, put some sandbags out and just ride it out for a day or two and then um, and see what happens. But yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a stressful experience that adds on to what the last month has been like. Yep. But uh, we're glad that you're coming. Uh, I know you met with Dean Evison before the Wild played the Colorado Avalanche yesterday. Wild won 3-2 in overtime. Um, what was your meeting like with Dean uh, a couple hours before a game? I'm sure <laughs> even a preseason game, I'm sure he was a little intense. He's uh, definitely a straight shooter, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, if you have... you what he thinks of me? Yeah, he's like, you're replacing Russo? I'm like, I don't know if you're looking forward to that or what. <laughs> but uh, no, you just told him about our coverage and a little bit about myself and uh, my history and uh, my uh, experience in hockey and you know he just asked about what it's like to you know to move and he talked about you know theater both of us were interested in theater and like little off ice stuff just want to get to know him a little bit and building relationships as you know Mike is so important in this business and just like to get to know the new team that I'm haven't haven't really only followed from afar for a while really up close now so I'm excited to kind of meet up with a lot of the players and the coaching staff just to get a feel for for what they're like 
I remember in 2005 when I moved up here, the like I, I used to say, if there was one team I knew least about in the NHL, it was probably the Minnesota Wild. Just you know, down in South Florida, you just didn't pay. You play it once a year, right? Yeah, and exactly. you really watch them on TV, and like you know, in the playoffs, I watched the, the Wild and Blue series a little bit, but uh, and you watch Kaprizov highlights and you see different things. But you know, the trade rumors from back in the day when Dumba and Tampa or whatever like that, so you kind of follow that. But uh, it definitely is a kind of a re-education uh, to get involved, especially with how smart and how passionate the Wild fans are. You want to be on top of your game when uh, the season starts. I'm sure Dean was disappointed when you didn't tell him that you were fully replacing him. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I was sitting down with Spurgeon and this podcast, by the way, uh, it's a really fun one. I sat down with Jared Spurgeon during the first intermission of yesterday's game. Uh, sat down with uh, Iowa coach Tim Army during the second intermission of yesterday's game. And I sat down with director of amateur scouting, Judd Brackett. Uh, before the game, and all those little mini pods will be seamed into this by our illustrious uh, producer, Jeff Domet. Um, so you'll enjoy that. But when uh, Spurgeon was asking about you coming, he also said, he's like, oh, you've earned it, you know, to <laughs> step away. And I'm like, well, sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not stepping away <laughs> fully. I'll still be very much around the wild. No, absolutely. I think it, you know, it's funny. I think they can give that barbers back and forth, and they probably wonder if somebody from Tampa or Florida knows hockey or not. But uh, yeah, it's been been fun covering such a historic run in Tampa Bay, and and maybe they think I can bring them a little bit of luck here or there. So it must be something special about Minnesota that all these Floridian hockey writers, even though we're not technically Floridian, yeah. right? You're from Michigan, I'm from New York, but uh, all these Floridian hockey writers want to come here. I, I before me was Chris Snow, who came from Boston, but before him was Tom, Tom Jones, Jones. Mm-hmm. who worked for the St. Pete Times forever. Now still is a good friend of yours down mm-hmm. in uh, Florida, good friend of mine as well. St- walked worse for Pointer. But he came here. He was the first ever Star Tribune hockey writer covering the Minnesota Wild. And then he left, went, returned to Florida. Yeah. But there's just something about <laughs> Florida hockey writers that just want to come to this incredible market. It's, it's crazy, too. And Tom Jones was one of the biggest supporters of I mean, making this move because having experience, albeit it was 20 years ago, covering the Wild. But he just loved the Twin Cities, the area, and couldn't speak more highly of that of the market and, and kind of having the change of pace from living there in Florida for a while. He did come back. Um, for different reasons. And I know his wife loves it back down in Florida as well. So, um, but yeah, it's kind of an interesting trend there of, of people that, you know, were really good in their field. They decided to make the change and, and a lot of people ended up living here for a long time. So it'd be interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah. And Tom covered the dog days of the Tampa <laughs> Bay lightning. Oh my Lord. Did he cover a lot of losses during those Jacques de eras and, uh, oh man. And there were battles, especially those Florida Tampa games with all the enforcers and, uh, and both those, you know, Paul Laws and Peter Worrell, Sandy McCarthy, Darcy Tucker, all those guys. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a crazy time. Lots of blood shed on the ice. Um, and Tom is still one of the best writers around, one of the funniest people I know, uh, and just a pro in his field. Um, yesterday, as I mentioned, the Wild beat the uh, Colorado Avalanche split squad uh, game 3-2 uh, to two in overtime. Marc-Andre Fleury got the start, 12 saves, 12 shots. He was outstanding in 31 and a half minutes of uh, work yes, for Wallstack came in. The Wild made it to nothing with Wallstead in net. Um, then he promptly in the third period gave up, uh, you know, in less than a minute, uh, two goals. Not entirely his fault, but he goes out and gets the victory with 11 saves. Um, Marco Rossi, outstanding game. Uh, looked like he belonged. Two assists, including the one on the overtime winner where he showed incredible patience and skated around a guy, attacked the net, uh, faked the shot, sold the shot, and put it mm-hmm. right on Ryan Hartman's tape for the winner. Ryan, I thought, was the best player on the ISU. Hartman, you're going to learn, he. this is one heck of a hockey player. I think he got this rap in Chicago and mm. Nashville like he was some fourth liner. Mm. Uh, but this is a first-round Top pick, player. Yeah. 34 goals, and he thinks he's going to do it again. And not only yesterday was he all over the net and all over the puck and creating uh, the chemi- or rekindling the chemistry they had with Kaprizov last game, but he is so good defensively, great stick. Knocks down exit ex- after exit in yesterday's game, and you know, in a ga- you know the way exhibition yeah. games are. Veterans don't like to show up in these games; they don't yeah. want to get hurt. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Ryan Hartman came to play yesterday. He did, and I think you mentioned Rossi too. And it's what's intriguing to me is like the, always the decision making by the brass and coaching staff of what is it, what does this guy need to do to make the team right. And a lot of times you see it is where guys kind of force coaching staff's hand, right? They have to if they're that good and the teammates know that they deserve it, then it's hard to take him off that team. So mm-hmm. I think that that's what Rossi can do the rest of the training camp. Um, that'll that'll move him on a chance to to play in a regular role, which maybe he might deserve. So I've seen it before with Braden Point forces his way onto the team that never left, and you can see it with some some players too that just know it's their time and then seize that moment uh, an exhibition season. Uh, Cal Clutterbuck was one of those guys came up once for Marion Gabbert got hurt in Florida and just never left and. 
Uh, about two months later, he realized his car was still at the Houston airport, and he owed about <laughs> two grand for the car. <laughs> Just was stuck in parking. Um, so Rossi played well. Kalen Addison, outstanding game. And obviously, the door is wide open for Addison to make the team because they traded Kulikov. Merrill is hurt. So Addison comes on, and where they need help is the power play. And what does he do yesterday? He gets five shots on goal, including the power play goal, after a couple great games by Ro- great plays by Rossi and Kaprizov. Kaprizov had a goal and an assist, five shots, left the game early um, after getting hot, uh, uh, friendly fire, uh, hitting the left ankle by a Freddie Goudreau uh, shot, heavy shot that just sort of uh, nicked him. Went to the bench, played one shift in pain, labored through it, and then finally the trainers uh, basically forced him to leave the game out of precaution. They're saying he's okay. We'll see if he's on the ice at practice today. Um, but that's the reason why Marco Rossi was out there in overtime yesterday, and that's what a young kid needs to do is take advantage of that situation. He absolutely did it. So Addison played well. Rossi played well. Up and down the lineup, um, you know, Felino had a had an interesting game, nine hits, a couple penalty minutes, a couple penalties that led to five on threes, each of them. Um, Eric's neck all over the net, uh, surly as ever. Fall, mm-hmm. I was joking with him after the game. I thought he was going to kill the ref. Mm-hmm. He was cross-checked mm-hmm. in the face in the first period after leaving game set, six last year, getting friendly fire from Dmitry mm-hmm. Kulikov. He gets it right back in the teeth, and he was livid. Mm-hmm. But he had five shots on goal. Um, Hunter Haight, Caden, um, Bankier, and Petrovsky, um, all really quality prospects. Didn't get a ton of ice time uh, on the fourth line. But Beckman played well. Mason Shaw had a great chance to give the Wild the lead in the third period, but uh, wasn't able to cash in there. Um, defensively, it was interesting. I thought David Spachek really was quiet and pretty good in the game. Um, Lambo started well. Ryan O'Rourke started well. Both of them had some uh, funky moments late in the game, and uh, but wound up uh, getting some good experience here. And we'll see how long. Uh, Ryan O'Rourke is obviously going to Iowa. Uh, Lambo, Spachek, Petrowski, these guys are eventually going back to junior. And we'll see. Um, you know, what happens with them, uh, the wild, we're doing cuts after last night's game. So by the time this podcast comes out, we might find out a couple of those guys, um, are, are gone. Um, what are you looking forward to most once you get sort of integrated here? I know you already, you know, what I love about you, Joe, is mm-hmm. you always come out with these out outside the box story ideas and you got mm-hmm. three or four already in the works and you're not even in here full time yet. Yeah. I mean, I think what the exciting part for me, um, it's like just a clean blank canvas. You know, I know you've covered this team exhaustively over the years and you've written probably every, you know, Marco Rossi or whatever, you know, story there is, but it's fun for me to just find new creative story angles yeah. on the same people. And with what my strength was in Tampa is how many ten Stephen Stamco stories you can do and Victor Hedman stories to do. So, uh, as much as I love those players and covering that team, it's exciting to go with a fresh eye, look at certain players, uh, Galagoski or like, or even like a, a Zuccarello or a Matt Dumba who's going in through an interesting year this year. Um, so I think, you know, what I'm looking forward to is not only just meeting these guys, but getting another feel for another part of an angle we could write on these guys that you, the fans would appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, you've got a, a couple already in the works. Um, and um, again, I'll be covering the rest of training camp as Joe gets his uh, life uprooted to Minnesota. I got a really cool Jake Middleton story in the works. I, I got together with uh, Ryan Hartman after the game for a while yesterday and gathered a bunch of stuff that I'll be writing in the upcoming weeks, I plan to write about Jesper Walstad. Uh, Volstad, he told us, is the way you pronounce his game, by the way. His name, uh, he told us that after the game last night. Um, I'll be writing about him. Got a really cool Marc-Andre Fleury story that's already in the can. It's running October 11th. So a lot of really cool stories on the pike. I think uh, opening night story, I'll be doing something on Caprice up and Zuccarello. So a lot of really cool stuff that you'll be uh, seeing in The Athletic uh, in the upcoming uh, weeks. Again, Jared Spurgeon. Uh, sat down with me yesterday during the first intermission, a really cool t- conversation about, um, you know, his expectations for this team this year, um, you know, his what he did this offseason, mm-hmm. a relationship that he already has with Sam Steele. And um, we talk a lot about the injury that he played through from before the Winter Classic, actually cost him the Winter Classic, and eventually he had to go under the knife after the season. So we talk about that. I sat down with Tim Army. You'll want to listen to that interview. He breaks down all the players that he expects to have in Iowa this year. He talks about how he's going to be uh, uh, splitting guys like Walt Volstead and McIntyre and Nett and goes up and down the lineup as only Tim Army can. And then Judd Brackett. We talk not only about this incredible draft class that he just had this past year, um, but this upcoming 2023 draft as well. And of course, we talk about my story that I wrote on his uh, restaurant, The Port. So really good podcast ahead. Um, thanks to Joe Smith, you'll be reading a ton about from mm. Joe coming up. Joe's uh, first story that's going to run, I think, the Monday before the season starts mm. is already a really uh, funny one, and again, a creative idea that only Joe Smith can come out uh, come up with. So, uh, thanks, Joe, for joining. 
and we'll be talking to you more in here in the upcoming weeks. Absolutely. Hopefully the, the hurricane gets, let's, let's, goes by us a little bit so I can be safe and sound and back up here in a few weeks. So. Yep. That's what we're hoping for. Well, thanks, Joe. And here's a word from one of our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, Spurge, uh, haven't seen you since uh, the end of the season. You don't age. For, for 12 years I've known you, you don't age. Uh, it's just do it's so annoying. Well, yeah, we got, we got I good just get genes. wider. <laughs> no, so, you're looking good. Yeah. Um, so how is the Spurgeon clan? Uh, your dogs, your kids, your wife? Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, school started back up a couple of weeks ago, about a month in now. So I think Danielle's happy to get him out of the house a bit. But now sports for them are getting going as well, and, and as well as us going this past yeah. week. So things are getting busy. How was, um, you know, obviously a disappointing end to a really, really fun year for you guys. How, how did, were you able to digest it as, as the captain, as a player, as a, as a team? Yeah, um, you obviously this year took a bit longer to get over and a bit more anger with it, just with the team we had in the regular mm-hmm. season. And uh, after a couple of weeks, you sort of just look back at, at things and see just within yourself what you could have done better and um, team-wise as well, what what went wrong and what you could learn from throughout the playoff series and stuff like that. And I think we have a group of mature people, and obviously we, we knew there was going to be some changes to the roster in the upcoming season with the situation we're in. But um, just the people that we do have in that room care a lot and um, took it to heart. And I think from the beginning of camp this year, there's been a great intensity to it and just um, still a bit of anger left in us. Yeah, and I know you guys don't use excuses, but I mean, even just talking to Dumba and Felino and knowing what they were going through uh, health-wise and what you went through really from before the Winter Classic all year to get yourself ready for games. I mean, is there a party that just wonders where this team, you know, and there were a lot of other guys banged up, where, where this team could have gone if you were had a full, you know, a bunch of healthy guys in the playoffs rather than, you know, really half the team pretty much debilitated? Yeah, it's... You always wonder that, but at the same time, there's lots of teams going through that as well. But um, it just comes down to how you're playing at that time. And obviously, there's guys that are playing through stuff. But I think as you go throughout the year, there's teams that go through that as well. So um, obviously, it was an unfortunate timing for some of those injuries to happen. But uh, that's that's no excuse for going into the playoffs and uh, losing out in the first round. Uh, looking at this team now that you bring back, I mean, still a lot of talent on this team despite losing. Uh, you know, Cam Talbot and and uh, and obviously Kevin Fiala, Dmitry Kulikov. Um, wh- what's it been like these first three four days of camp, and and how good do you think you guys can be? Yeah, um, it's it's been great to get to know the guys as well. Um, the week before camp, I think we pretty much had everyone in as well for the informal skates, but. Um, I just think from the, the past years and just the teams that we've had, just the this pace of practice and the way Dean runs it, that we have a very quick team um, with the new guys as well coming in and uh, the spots that are open, there's a lot of competition and um, obviously a, a lot of skill as well, but there's things that we've talked about already in camp that we need to improve on with special teams and uh, whether it's power play, penalty kill and I'm just going from there, but um, there's, like I said, we talked about learning from last year, maturing from that that situation, and we have some guys that went through the regular season for the first time as well with uh, the young guys last year, so they got another year under their belt. Uh, from a layman standpoint, can you uh, discuss some of the tweaks that we'll see on the power play and the penalty kill? It looked like watching practice this week, the penalty kill was the big one that was just obvious to me that that you know much more aggressive, different forechecks, things like that. Yeah, we. Worked a little on power play, but nothing too in- intense yet. But yeah, it looked like yeah. more routes and yeah, like that. just more breakouts and stuff like that. Nothing really in zone yet, but uh, for PK, it was more about being more aggressive and um, just right off the get go from not waiting for a bubbled puck type thing from right away, just being more aggressive, not letting them get set up and getting those clears and um, change the forecheck mm-hmm. up a bit to be more aggressive as well. So. Uh, there's still some things we haven't worked on, mm-hmm. but from the first, I think it was the well, first day of camp, we've, we've been working on those things. Yeah. I, I remiss, I mentioned the injuries. I mean, how, how, how difficult was it for you to get uh, ready for games last year? I mean, I can't imagine, uh, the discomfort that you were playing with. I, I used to see the treatment that you were, you know, 
you had long treatments after games, before games, and things like that, and obviously the disappointment of not playing in the Winter Classic. Yeah, it was a long, long year, and um, obviously the training staff does a great job and just sort of put in place a plan to, to go through, whether it was before practice, before games, and then uh, certain things after games. And um, we just had to stick with it to make sure that everything mm-hmm. was good as possible. And obviously um, after season, getting a procedure done, so... Um, that definitely definitely helps yeah. helps with the pregame routines yeah. now. And the procedure was not in Philadelphia. It was not. <laughs> no, no. Um, that's an inside joke yeah. between Spurge and I. Um, the the uh, you know uh, looking at your left now, you can see Jonas Rodin to the lefty and not Jake Middleton. Obviously, Jake uh, and you really were a quality tandem down the stretch. But but uh, you know Dean's made no qualms. The fact that he would love to play you guys against the McDavid's and the McKinnons of the world um, to start the season. Um, how exciting is this to to have a guy like Brodine on your left? I know you've played with him obviously before, but now it looks like potentially full time. Yeah, well, I think we've maybe started together once, uh-huh. once maybe twice, but. Obviously, there's been some games where we've been thrown together, and um, it's been fun the last couple of days. He's such uh-huh. a good underrated player that does everything well from yep. the off- offensive side to just getting out of situations that no mm-hmm. one else can get out of. He's, he's a very slippery player and very underrated with the skills that he has. And um, yeah, it's been it's been fun the last couple of days. Yep. Can you believe this is your 12th season here? I mean, it really it's amazing to me. No, it's uh it's pretty crazy how yep. fast it goes and um obviously very very lucky to be here still and um I think as you get older and every year you appreciate it more. Um I think the first couple of years you're sort of in awe yep. of being here, but you realize how hard it is to win and all that it takes to to put into that to get to that point. So um, you definitely don't take anything for granted. Uh, Sam Steele, do you know him well from Edmonton? So uh, my brother actually coached him when he was like 10 years old. Uh-huh. So it's it's a funny story. So him and Joe were on the same summer hockey team. And then I ended up like skating in a scrimmage against him a couple of years later. So I've known him for a little while uh-huh. from when he was <laughs> probably met him when he was like 10 and now now we're teammates and obviously he had an unbelievable junior career sam um you know uh i mean back then did you know did you see it that this kid had special skills and do you think that he had, i mean he's only 24 years old and he's coming in unbelievably motivated after after the ducks let him go i mean do you, do you see him being able to get back to maybe the form that we saw coming out of his draft year i think so and i think that comes with just confidence and people believing in him as well. Um, he has all the skill. He's fast, strong, mm-hmm. uh, great hockey IQ. But um, there's sometimes you just get a little thrown behind the eight ball, and then it's tough to yep. dig yourself out out of that. So um, from a young age, he always put up points, could score goals, and um, in practice shootouts right now, and even in, uh, the pregame or pre informal skates, he was showing us all those skills as well. Yeah, and if there's no other person that he could look at more as a better example of what, how to deal with adversity than you, with uh, your path to get to the to the point that you were to sign with the Wild and then uh, become eventually their captain. Um, final question for you, Jerry. To just um, expectations into the season. You know, you know, we were talking to Matt Dumb about this yesterday. I mean, you know, because last year ended so disappointingly, it'd be easy to just say we just you know. Let's get to the playoffs, and 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 we got to worry about then taking that next step. But first, you got to get there. So, what are the you know? How do you you know not get ahead of yourselves this year and start to think, all right, we got to make that next step? When you realize that there's also 82 games that you got to establish yourselves. Yeah. Um. Well, regular season is a very hard thing to go through. Um. It's long, and uh, teams are so good these days. There's not one team that is a easy game to go against. So. Then you just have to focus on it in, in segments and um, just little segments, whether it be five game ones and that you want to win them. But at the same time, it's um, just building your game. And obviously, with like we've mentioned before, a lot of new guys coming in. So this camp is important for us. But getting out to that good start again, and um, I think all of us would have turned in maybe a, not as great of regular season to go farther in playoffs and win it all than uh, have a great regular season and then lose out that first round. Well, I'll let you back to your uh, business meeting here in uh, in the suite. Uh, it, looking like from the press box into your suite and seeing like thirty five guys in business suits, it's pretty hilarious. It, scene, I know, so. it's, it's been hasn't been like this for a while with yeah. the, the COVID camps and everything like that. We've been small numbers, so 
uh, three groups. It's probably the first time I've seen a couple guys since the first day of camp with us being yeah, on stake crazy. and stuff like that. So it's fun to see your teammates yeah. again. Yeah, well, Spurge, uh, looking forward to covering your first exhibition game coming up here uh, this upcoming week and uh, definitely uh, covering you once again on this uh, wild team. Thanks, Thanks, Jared. Thanks for having me. Yep. And that is uh, Jared Spurgeon. Here's a word from one of our sponsors. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, very happy to be joined by Tim Army, the fifth-year Iowa Wild coach. And uh, Tim, with COVID and everything that you've gone through in Iowa, I know last year at the season-ending podcast that we did, we talked about just uh, the number of crazy um, COVID disruptions that you guys had last year. You lost your entire staff at one point. Um, But it probably feels like 20 years that you've been in Iowa now, uh, even though it's only your fifth. It seems quick, and yet, like you said, uh, with, the, with the, the, the season being canceled at the end of 2020, we had a really good team, too, and then not starting until late, until, January, well, until February in 2000 and, uh, uh, you know, 2020-21. It feels like a little bit longer, but it's been, uh, it's been a fun four years so far, I can tell you that. Uh, you- Colorado Avalanche staff, you were there from 2011 to 14. You uh, 2011 to 14? 17. 17. You were there. You had a front row seat to Nino Niederreiter's uh, game-winning goal in 2014. Uh, now you're on the other side, but now you're watching your old team here. And, um, you know, what, what are your memories of that series? It was a great series. It was a homer series till game seven. Yeah. Uh, we had the lead 2-0, and the Wild really gave it to us in game three. And Varley was outstanding. And we got it to overtime. Var- Varley delivered us the game. We needed yeah. to win it. Yep. And that's the goal Grandlin scored. Yep. And then it kind of changed the dynamic of the series. It was really a homer series. And it went back and forth in game five. The big goal was Spurge's goal. Yeah. With late in the third. We were up 4-3. Yep. We kind of had things under control. We had an overback check. Uh, Paul Statsny and, and Nate kind of both came back too deep. And it went to, to Spurgeon coming late. Tied it. And then... Need to ride and score in overtime, but it was really, it was a really tight series. Yep. It was an outstanding series. Yeah, I remember incredible patience by Spurgeon there to wait for Nathan to fly by. And Nathan had an unbelievable series, if everybody remembers his rookie year as well. Um, Timmy, um, a big year, obviously, in Iowa. You have to be super excited about this, the guys that are going to be down there, starting with the guy that we just saw in net there at the end of the second period and the third period of this exhibition game, yes, for Wallstead. Yeah, he, you know, he's obviously a great young prospect and only 19 years old. We'll have good goaltending, however it shakes down, but uh, we're excited to have him for sure. We had Capo f- you know, for two years. Capo was outstanding. Uh, but, yeah, when you get – and we got more and more prospects coming. So, you know, we're excited to have them. Uh, and, and, you know, good goaltending is, is, the key to your, is the key to your team. How will you handle it? Obviously, you got the veteran in Zane McIntyre who came in last year and played really well for you. And obvi- but then you got the first-round pick that you have to, you know, make sure that the, you're taken care of as well to grow him for the future. Well, he's going to play. And, I, I, you know, we were talking yesterday. Capo played actually 39 games his rookie year. Hammer played 33. Hammer had injuries. But we're going to have the same sort of approach with with a veteran in in, in Mac, and and uh, and then depending how everything shakes down here at the end of camp, but and, and Jesper, you know, he's going to play 30 plus games. Uh, I expect him to play 30 upwards of 30 into the mid 30s, and that's going to we're only playing 72 games yeah. next year, so he's going to get a lot of time. And and what, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll monitor him because that's a big step. Capo went through it. It was a, it was in the All Star game was was a, a goalie of the of the. Uh, all of the competition in the All-Star Weekend, and then he got tired. So we'll yep. monitor Jesper, but he's going to play. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's an important uh, a player in our organization. So with if it's him and Mac, we're going to have really good goaltending. He's going to play a lot of hockey, just like it, we did with Capo. And again, we'll we'll monitor how he's doing, but he, he's obviously going to. He's going to be he's going to be playing. Yep, and Andrew Hammond was your goaltender down the stretch and in the playoffs that year. And then look at the next year, Capo was unbelievable until COVID interrupted the season. He was the goalie of the yeah. year, and and Hammer played in the playoffs that year. But Capo took that experience. He took it all. He grew over the summer, and you could see he was a different goalie in mm-hmm. training camp in, in 2019. 
I said to you, I never thought we were going to lose when Capo was in the net. Yeah. He won the American League Goaltender Award, and, and he's been in the NHL since. So uh, you, we, we, we see the same kind of growth. Uh, and it's, a, you know, it's the biggest challenge of all, being a goaltender in pro hockey. But he, he's, a, he's a good one. He's going to play, and we're going we're to hopefully have him ready to play here eventually. Um, I, I love uh, Marco Rossi's first three days of uh, training camp, just watching him in practice, and then we're watching him in this exhibition game, uh, just assisted on Kalen Addison's goal, and he just looks so much more at ease right now than we saw him in any exhibition games or practices last year. No question. It was, it was a big step in camp last year. He was outstanding in the prospects games, playing with Bolds last year, and then... Yep. Yeah, it was a little bit overwhelming, I think, playing in the NHL and in camp and in the exhibition games. The year in Iowa was great for him. He played a lot of hockey, played over 20 minutes a game, played in every conceivable situation. He, too, got tired, uh, but he had a terrific year, just under a point per game, and, and it, was a, it was a big step for him. And you can see that year in the American League has paid good dividends for him because he looks like a different player. Certainly... 12 months later, a completely different player. And he's had a great camp the first couple days. He's had a good game tonight. Nice play there on the power play goal, getting the puck back to Kirill, who made a nice play to Kalen. And, uh, you know, he's stronger. He's more confident. He's, he's, he's more aware, more comfortable. The experience goes a long way. So, uh, you know, we watch it closely because we want to make sure we're doing the right things. So we're really happy with where he's at right now. And you know, now he's got uh, you know a little bit more here to go in camp, but he, he looks good. You you uh, have training camp down in Iowa early next month. You as a coach have to project your team. Um, you know, when you're projecting it out, I mean, do you have Rossi and Addison there, or do you just assume right now that you're not going to see him at least to start? Yeah, I don't anticipate having them right now. So mm -hmm. we plan we plan another another way, and and uh, obviously if we were to have them, then uh, it's good for us, and and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll. Uh, you know, they'll, we'll, we'll get them ready to get back up here. But I'm not anticipating that as we kind of put our thing, our, our team together. And we still got to get through camp. You got to be injury-free yeah. again through camp. You know, uh, John Merrill and, and, and uh, Greeny are making their way back right now. So we'll see how everything shakes down. And whatever happens over the next couple of weeks, we'll see how everything sort of settles out at the end of camp. But, I, yeah, I don't anticipate those two to start the year. No. Um on the podcast that we did at the end of the season, we talked a lot about Adam Beckman in his first year really uh, predominantly in, in Iowa and, and maybe some of the growing pains that he had along the way. Um, you know, he had such a great camp here last year. How do you think he's handling this mentally? Because it does, it does feel like it's almost like, you know, that we're almost not even talking about him. You know, we're talking about Rossi. We're talking about Addison. Um, and maybe because they don't have a lot, you know, guy, uh, obvious spots in their top nine. We're almost not expecting him to make the team. How do you think he's handling this? I think he's handled it really well. I thought he had a good prospects week last week. He played very well in Chicago. And, and, and if you look at him closely, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's winning more battles. Uh, he, he is really a, a more complete player now than he was a year ago. He's kind of exciting a year ago. We, we talked about this. The pressure was on Matt Boldy and Marco Rossi last year, and Becky kind of came in under the radar. And he had a really good camp, but I don't think his game was where it's at now. Uh, he's a better player. He looks stronger. He's had a good week of practice as well, good first few days of practice. He's a little bit under the radar, but that's okay. Uh, he's, he's, he's young. What's he going to be like in another couple of yeah. years? We've got a really good hockey player. His progress is good. I think he's in a great frame of mind. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think any of who we're talking about or what, what's being said beyond what's going on on the ice. I don't think it, it's affected him at all. He's in good spirits. He's always upbeat. He's a great personality. And he is a more complete player uh, right now than he was a year ago at this time, although he was close to making the team out of camp last year. He, he, the, the year in the American Hockey has been really good for him. And, again, wherever he settles – and he's, if he's with us, we expect it to be a springboard. We expect mm -hmm. him a big big year and to really grow from where he's at right now. Uh, Sean Chafee, two guys that Wild fans might see, see at times this season, maybe even a start. Who knows, right? Um, both them playing tonight. I'm always amazed at Mason Shaw. Multiple, multiple knee injuries, and yet it doesn't seem to affect his speed or his hustle by any stretch of the imagination. Same thing with Chafee. Uh, they both look like great pros. They're really good players, and they keep getting better. Shaw's his fifth year now. And he did. He's battled some some significant knee injuries. He's one of ours. He's grown up in this organization. His heart is, is you know, you just watch him play. He's got a huge heart, but he's very smart, and he's a good hockey player. Chafe's bigger. Chafe's very powerful, and he's got a great shot. Both guys are very good hockey players. Had tremendous years last year. And, yeah, 
They're also closing the gap, and they're on the cusp of playing in the... Well, both played some games, Shaw Z3 and Chave 2 last year, but they're closing the gap now, and they're getting to the point where they've established themselves as elite American League players, and they're getting closer to that point of becoming a, a full-time NHL player. Yep. Uh, let's just uh, move our attention to um, some blue liners. Um, Ryan O'Rourke, I think he's having a great game tonight. Unfortunately, Damon Hunt working his way back from injury. He is skating in these uh, in the in all the practices. Obviously, not playing tonight. And Simon Johansson as well. Um, three guys are going to be integral to you guys this year. Yeah, they're going to be real important. And like Jesper, they're going to play. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to play big minutes. And we're good because you know it's good because we got some real good veterans down there. And again, how everything shakes out at some point. But you you know you got uh, Murmy, you got Joey Hicketts, you got Andre Schuster. You, know, you got some good veterans. Turner Ottenbright. So you know. We're going to try to pair them with a veteran, and so that maybe help their learning curve. And at some point, I think then they'll be able to play together. But all three of them are good young defensemen. Uh, you see their growth uh, over the last few years. We're excited to have them. And, and yeah, and just like when we talk about Jesper, we got to get them out there. They got to play minutes. They got to play situations. But they too, like Becky, like Marco, like Kalen, like Chafe and Shawzi, they have made strides. They're getting closer. This will be the American Hockey League is a very difficult league, and that's why so many players go through it to play in the NHL. That's what they need, and you're going to see that growth to their game. No doubt about that. Sam Henschkes, um, you know, so many Wild fans are really excited about. Obviously, um, you know, from from right here in the Twin Cities area, and played at St. Cloud State. Um, what do you expect from his first year pro? We, we are too, and, and Sammy Walker too. You yep. know, they both great speed. Sammy, Sammy Hentges had a, was outstanding in Chicago. Uh, he's big, he's heavy, he's fast, he's powerful. For me, he's that kind of pure north-south winger, and he can wire the puck. He's got a good sense. He doesn't waste any time. He gets it there. So we, we, we're really excited about uh, both Sammys, if you will, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. Uh, and, and again, they're young players, they're prospects, and the American Hockey League is going to draw more out of their game. And... The, obviously, the goal is to get guys ready to play here, but they're 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 two good players with play with a lot of speed. They're smart. They shoot it. Um, they'll play special teams. I think both can kill penalties. Both can play in a power play. So, like all these young guys, that we've got to get them in there. They're gonna play, just like the guys that have played for us and have been and come up here, the Boldies, the Sturms, guys like that. Um, it's gonna be their opportunity to really blossom. But they're gonna get that opportunity, and we're we're excited. They're gonna. All these young guys are going to have a big impact on our yeah. team. Tell us about just um, uh, some of the veterans that the Wild did sign this year. Not just obviously for you, but depth players up here. Peyton, uh, Nick Patan, um, uh, Fogarty, uh, players like that. Uh, do you expect that we'll see a little bit of them? Maybe even, you know, a guy like Patan might be perfect for a 13th forward role even uh, out of camp. I, I think you will. Mm -hmm. and, and he he's, he's a very talented player. Great mobility, great puck skill, sees the game extremely well. He can drive offense. Uh, Stephen Fogg is a little bit different. Big, long, great reach, right shot centerman, but really diligent, good in all three zones, and he's got some offensive skill. Mm -hmm. They're both a little bit different. They play a little different game. But if they're with us, they're going to have a huge impact. Uh, you know, when, when you think of your team, if they're with us, they're one, two in the middle. And they provide some different things. And so they can play with different guys. And I think, can like, will, will, will Stephen Fogarty help an Adam Beckman if they're both with us? Would a Chafee and Shaw be good with a Patan. These are things that you think about. Uh, and, and those are a couple of really good vet Andre Schuster's another one on the back end, another signing. Uh, these are really good hockey players, different, obviously, uh, Andre's a, a, a D-man, but big and long, uh, can make a good first pass, good defensively, played a lot of games in the NHL. Yep. These guys will not only have a big impact on our team, they can play here in Minnesota and most importantly, if they're in, if they're with us in, in Des Moines, they will be a huge influence on our younger guys. And you can't put a price tag on how important those veterans are when they're playing with your young guys. Two more for you, Timmy. Um, uh, Ty Ronning uh, signed an AHL deal for you. Wild fans know his dad, Cliff Ronning, really well. You were really excited about watching him in practice yesterday. How, how good do you think he'll be for you? I love him. Yeah. He had 18 goals in the American League. 18 goals in the American League is hard. I've been really, really excited about watching him in practice. He can skate. 
He's got a great stick. He's smart. He's got a good nose for the net. Uh, we had, uh, Mark Morris would really liked him. So when Mike told me that we were in a position to sign him, uh, I, I, I had a sense of what he would be like. Uh, and I've heard you know, from different people what he's like. And then when you see him, he's going to be an exciting yep. player for us. And we need to produce more. A guy like that's going to help us. So same thing. We want to get more out of yep. his game. Power play time. Who he's playing with. You know, maybe he's playing with Fogarty, Beckman, and Ty Ronning. That could be a really good line. Yep. yep. Last one. And Mike, by the way, is Mike Murray, the Iowa GM that uh, Timmy mentioned. How do you stay so energized? I'm always amazed with you. Five years in the, back in the AHL. You've obviously been in colleges, AHL before, but you've been in this level as well. How do you stay so energized down in Des Moines? I love it. It's easy. I always say I never worked a day in my life. Yeah. I love it. And uh, this is a great organization. I love being here, and, and uh, you know, you want to win, but you want to develop, you want to have an impact on players, and it excites you every day, so it's it's just, uh, I, never, I never have, I don't think I ever have a bad day when I get to the rink, it's just, yep. it's awesome. Well, hey, Timmy, as always, uh, really appreciate it, and looking forward to getting down to Des Moines more often, I'll be there for the uh, practice coming up on October yep. 11th as well, so all Wild fans, especially those down in Des Moines, hope to see you at Wells Fargo Arena on October 11th. Thanks, that, thanks Tim. Thanks, Michael. I hope yep. we got enough questions in a short period. No, that was good. That hey, was that's perfect. hard for me. <laughs> All right. Thanks. That's Tim Army, and here's a word from one of our sponsors. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Uh, very happy to be joined by Judd Brackett uh, for the Wilds' first exhibition game. And Judd, the last time I saw you, it was a little different uh, spread than, uh, than uh, maybe what's up in the press box uh, tonight. Yeah, the popcorn's not out yet, but uh, <laughs> different look, but uh, still maybe even a better view, though, from up here. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, I'm, of course, I'm talking about uh, going to the port this summer. And, uh, I mean, it was still one of my favorite stories I've ever written, not just because you you uh, fed me. <laughs> and I and I opened up a couple of bottles of wine and things like that, but it was just an incredible experience just going to your restaurant and just seeing how you, you know, your second life. It truly, it is, it is my second life, mm -hmm. but, uh, but also, you know, hearing you say how much you enjoyed it, that's, yeah. that's what we want. You know, it's, it's the experience, it's the food, but it's, you know, family atmosphere. We want everyone to leave, not just Mike Russo leaving, <laughs> but we want everyone to leave and say, yeah. you know, let's go back. We can't wait till next summer, yeah. you know, so it is a lively spot. It's fun. It and, is lively. And, uh, you know, but, uh, we do a little bit of everything between, you know, the raw bar, the, you know, the entrees, the nightlife, we do music. Yeah. We, we we kind of run the gamut. Yeah, if you follow the port on Instagram, you know that the nightlife uh, turns it goes from like restaurant to like you know most popular place in town in about a second. It seems like after about nine p.m. And it's it's Cape Cod, so it's limited, yeah. right? There's only so many spots where you can put a commercial restaurant. So if you want it, you know you can dabble in a little bit of everything and almost required to because there's a need for it. Right, and um, I'll tell you what: uh, if you want to go to the port, you have about a month and a half left before they close to the season. So make sure if you're in Cape Cod to go there. Then you do have your other restaurant. Which, I, as I joked, uh, that's going to be my next trip is just go there and do a food review on that place. I love, I love it. Yeah. It's, uh, name, uh, that's Ember, Ember Cold Ember. Fire Pizza. Right. And it's right about a block and a half away. A, yeah, awesome area. Great parking. All that stuff. So, um, Joe, uh, last time we talked to you, it was coming after a couple, a couple weeks after the draft where you had a really quality draft. Um, you know, we obviously two first round picks and unfortunately can't come to camp because their, their pro seasons have started overseas and in Ogren and Yurov. Um, but we're going to see Hunter Hate played tonight, which has got to be super exciting for that kid. Really exciting, and had a chance. Obviously, played one of the games in Chicago. Was coming off a little bit of an injury in mm -hmm. the preseason, the OHL. But um, if Chicago is exciting, which I know it was for Hunter today, it's got to be you know a real special moment. Yeah, and and uh, like he's it's those type of players that I'm really I'm looking forward to watching David Spachik and some of these guys um, that that you drafted in this year's draft because it's not a lot of teams that. Um, at least when I first started covering the league, you'd see first-round picks maybe play an exhibition game, but very rarely would you see kids that are going to go return to junior in a couple days essentially play an exhibition game. It seems like the league has changed in that, that 
that area. I think it has. It's given, you know, some of the younger guys more opportunity. And, you know, and maybe this year, too, we're talking about, you know, Petrovsky and Spachek, mm-hmm. uh, two later picks. But they also had a chance to play at World Juniors this summer. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're ready. They You know, they've been skating all summer. So that might be a Nick situation, too, where they already played some high-level hockey this summer. Uh, tell, tell Wild fans about some of the players that maybe we don't write a ton about, and yet they're they're right up there as great, great, um, you know, prospects in this organization, Pilar and, and um, you know, uh, Bankier, who uh, has played really – every time I watch Masters, it looks like he's going to be a player as well. Yeah, you know, that's the best part is they're kids, right? So mm-hmm. we're watching the maturation process, process physically, mentally. They're, you know, they're growing with their junior teams in the bigger roles um, you know bank here and masters will be in Kamloops and they're hosting the Memorial Cup so big season in front of them right. but even coming out in in Chicago and seeing you know bank here stride and knowing what he's mm-hmm. been working on in, in the offseason and seeing the fruits of the labor and he's moving better he's got a great brain um, I'm excited for him tonight too um, about a week or so I can't remember I think it was a week before your story ran or after your story ran I wrote a big piece about Marco Rossi I'd actually come to your restaurant from visiting Rossi um, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing his preseason here he's had a really great first three days of training camp uh, you know Billy Garens talked about it. Tim Army was talking about it yesterday what do you want to see in these exhibition games that maybe last year that he wasn't you know he didn't show but maybe wasn't able to show because of the you know having a basically a year of no hockey and, and a very short off season. Yeah, and I, th- I think our expectations were, are different, too. A year ago, he had missed a whole year of hockey. Mm-hmm. We wanted to see him healthy. We wanted to see him on the ice. You know, the, now we can raise that bar from mm-hmm. last year. He can take, you know, the struggles or gains that he made and, and now bring him out here on, on, on the big stage and play with some, you know, older, experienced players. But, you know, for Marco, he, his game's always going to be about details and support mm-hmm. and, and hockey sense. Uh, very cerebral player, and he's going to support the puck all over the ice and, you know, work on draws and win draws. And he's just a competitor, so I'm looking forward to seeing him in the mix. Was your was his first year pro what you expected? I mean, you know, almost a point a game, you know, maybe hit a wall at the end like a lot of Europeans do, regardless of missing an entire year and, and um, you know, miss some games also. So his point per game ratio probably hit, took a little bit of a hit as well. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I, it's hard to put expectations on someone who's coming off you know, a health scare that, that he had, um, you know, we really didn't know necessarily where he was at and, and, you know, could he perform night to night over and over, mm-hmm. um, through the rigors of it. And I think that's part of hitting the wall, you know, coming over and playing your first year in the American hockey league, he had a tremendous start, certainly from the points and production standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he's, he learned a lot in the second half too. Those struggles are good. That's, that's what we want. We want those guys to go through some adversity and, and they'll be better for it in the end. What do you um, expect your the progression to be for a guy like Jesper Wallstad as a pro? Uh, you know, I remember Capo Kapkin in his first year, um, really first full year in the AHL. He had an unbelievable first half, and then he too hit a wall, and they had to play Andrew Hammond in the playoffs. And um, I assume that Wallstad, you know, I know every goal is different, but but I, I assume Wallstad's also going to have an eye opener here in terms of what this pro game is a lo- is is like in North America. Yeah, you know, one, I mean, right off the bat, he's got to adjust to a different size rank. Right. right, you know, bucks are going to get to the net a lot quicker from the wall here. Um, I think we even saw that in Chicago the first yeah. shot of the game. I think he just noticed that you know guys can get the puck off the wall and are in shooting position sooner. Um, but you know what? A huge testament to him. You saw in-game adjustments that he made on Friday in Chicago, and you know he locked the door down for. I mean, I mean he was outstanding for us. Uh, kept us in the game and gave us a chance to come back. But he's going to have growing pains, too. He's going to have nights where he's sharp and on and seeing pucks. And he's going to have nights where, you know, maybe there's more traffic. There's more, you know, bumping in the crease, things that maybe Mm -hmm. he hasn't seen. So he'll make adjustments. But you know what? For for a goaltender, he's got a high compete level. And he's also, I know it sounds, you know, maybe cliche or or not talked about enough with goaltenders, but his hockey sense is excellent. Mm -hmm. He can make adjustments. And he will, and that's that's what makes him so special. I mentioned that Ogren and Europe started their seasons overseas. Uh, what have you seen from their first couple of weeks as uh, you know playing over there? Good Ogren, obviously just getting back into the lineup now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be over there in two weeks and get a chance to see him play live, which I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a great, you know, they're obviously dropped down into the Elsvenskan League, but I think for his development, I think this is great. There's sort of an intermediate step between J20 and the SHL. So for Ogren, this is a chance to help a team get, you know, a prize franchise get back into the SHL and be a big part of it. So I'm excited for him there. And and Europe obviously, you know, got off to a very quick start, has been moved around the lineup a little <laughs> bit everywhere from top to top, you know, top line to 13th forward. But, uh, 
you're seeing them skate, be yeah. able to keep pace, make plays, think the game, and, and doing it with some you know really established players. Yeah, sounds familiar. That was the Who's Nadinov. Uh, yeah, Who's not, I won't say it, but it was the Who's Nadinov. Uh, uh, same way, you know, all of a sudden not playing, and next thing you know, he gets a letter and. After signing his new deal, that's the way it works over there. Um, let me ask you, uh, you know, uh, like some of the defensemen that played in the World Juniors, obviously Carson Lambos, you know, didn't get a lot of playing time, was taken out of the first one. Ryan O'Rourke was part of it. Damon Hunt, unfortunately, uh, again, last like shift of practice, it felt like before the tournament, he gets hurt. Um, he's now back skating every day in camp, though. Yeah, and the, you know, the, the three guys in Canada, obviously, I think. Carson had a chance in game one and a little overzealous, I think, the excitement yeah. of it and, you know, made some reads and they, they held him accountable. He's the youngest defenseman on the team. And um, as a result, you know, he saw his, his minutes and playing time, you know, turn to zero. But for him, that's still a great room to be around, a great experience to be in. Uh, it was a gold medal. Uh, Ryan O'Rourke, you know, I thought, you know, filled in and played a very steady, stout game when he had a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then our, you know, we had multiple D there. I thought, I thought Pierre and Faber were outstanding. I mean, I don't think, I don't think Faber was on the ice for a goal against in the whole yeah. tournament. Uh, logging big minutes, you can see the skating and awareness. Um, you know, and I think we've talked about it before. There's, there's, there's more offense there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with just his ability to read the play with quick outlets and transition, he's yep. gonna. He's going to help support offense. You know whether it's it's not going to be flashy. It's not going to be end to end rushes. But he's 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 a transition player for sure. Um, how many of the guys do you expect to be in the twenty twenty three World Juniors? Uh, we'll we'll return obviously uh, Petrovsky and Spachik, mm-hmm. uh, Peart, Ogren, um, and I, and Hunter Hate was in uh, Canada's mm-hmm. camp this summer. So I think he'll you know he'll, it's, it's a tough roster obviously to make, but I think he's in the mix. So. You know, we're looking at maybe four or five again. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and just lastly, you're you're now full steam ahead already. You mentioned going to Europe um, in a couple of weeks. Um, I know when I'm coming uh, late October to Boston, you're going to be out in BC uh, doing some scouting. Um, how's this 2023 draft looking? Uh, now, my favorite place in the world, Nashville. It's uh, this is an exciting group. Uh, 23 looks very strong. I actually, just flew in this morning from Pittsburgh. Was at the USHL yeah. Fall Classic for the last three days. Uh, you know that league is strong. Um, Canada is very strong, so mm-hmm. it's uh, and I'm, like I said, headed over to Europe in a couple of weeks. So it's uh, the 23 class uh, has been well advertised, and I I think rightfully so. Yeah. Have you ever uh, seen a director of amateur scouting as popular as you are with an organization's fan base? By the way, I, mean, I don't know if you pay attention, but you are the superhero of this uh, organization right now. Hey, look, this is a team effort across the board here, and we all want the same thing. We want to win. My thanks to Jared Spurgeon, Judd Brackett, Tim Army, and Joe Smith for joining this week's episode of Straight from the Source, the debut episode of the season. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform and don't forget to leave a rating or review. Get an annual subscription to The Athletic for just a buck a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. I believe we have a really, really, really cool guest joining uh, Straight from the Source uh, next week. Uh, Works for the Wild, former GM. You could figure it out right away who that might be, uh, but I won't give it away just yet. You'll have to Google it, try to figure out who I'm talking about, and let's hope he actually does join. That'll be next week's edition of Straight from the Source. Straight from the Source.